Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. That's Aretha Franklin Border song, Holy Moses. And so today we are looking at two artists, okay? And uh, this is inspired by an article uh, called The Queen and the Night by Sheldon Rochalil, who is uh, a scholar in music, a PhD candidate as well. And, and I just absolutely loved this article where he's pairing, listen to this, Aretha Franklin and Elton John. <laughs> I just absolutely loved it. Sheldon is joining us on the line. Sheldon, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Hi. Hi, Pamela. How are you doing? Interesting combination. Why the two? Well, because for some weird reason, this uh, last week of March seems to be like a time where like many famous people were born. Um, and for example, today alone, Diana Ross, and Teddy Pendergrass were born today. And yesterday was Elton John and Aretha Franklin. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to celebrate these two iconic artists. But, I mean, uh, Mariah Carey is born in this last week, Celine Dion, Eric Clapton, Jesse J, Fergie, Steven Tyler, Shaka Khan was born on Monday, George Benson. I mean, it's just like all of these iconic artists seem to all be Aryan for some reason. I don't know what that means. Uh, who knows? <laughs> you know, you, you, you touch a little bit on in your article um, on the fact that, you know, Aretha Franklin initially didn't quite become the star that we were all hoping uh, she was. So she, she almost failed a little bit because she was pushed to becoming something else in the beginning. Yeah, and that's like a testament to like all of our lives. If you like push to be something that's um, not honest, then the likelihood that you'll succeed is minimal. And in the beginning, um, they tried to push her at Columbia Records as a jazz singer. And she wasn't really feeling it, and neither were the audiences. And for about six years, she languished in this record company and didn't really go anywhere. Mm. Until eventually she uh, got coaxed to going to Atlantic Records under this iconic producer called Jerry Wexler. And at that stage, her career just took off when the producer decided to mix her sound with more of like a gospel sound Mm -hmm. mixed with soul music, with R&B to create like a soul sound, which is soul is essentially just gospel, but with like mainstream lyrics. Mm. And with that song, Holy Moses, you can hear that it's just all gospel, but with like very secular lyrics. Mm. And the song was written by Elton John, funnily enough. Mm. She, Aretha was a big Elton John fan. I mean, that, that's absolutely amazing. Do, do you think she knew what she, you know, what she would be able to do with her voice, whether it was gospel or what others were calling soul at the time? 
I think she 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 was born, she was groomed to be a soul singer. Yeah. And um, uh, her mother died at a very young age, and she was brought up with, by a group of legendary gospel musicians like Mahalia Jackson, Clara Ward, Albertina Walker, and James Cleveland. And she just, she was groomed to be the star. And actually, mem- um, the state, Minnesota, I think, um, have declared her a, a, a natural resource, her voice. Mm. They declared her voice a natural resource. So that's how, how iconic she eventually became. All right. We're going to play some more music before we run out of time. Yes. All this time I couldn't shake your memory And I never knew the sweetest love was the first So what am I supposed to do about this curse? Oh, baby, I've got you to blame And I'm calling, calling out your name Oh, he was so fine Aretha Franklin and Elton John here together through the storm. Before that, we also played you Jimmy Lee by Aretha Franklin. I love this, this upbeat part of Aretha Franklin. Sheldon? Yes. Um, that's why I chose these songs because I wanted like, people are used to the big diva with the like respect and all the big songs. And I love Jimmy Lee because it's just like a fun, light, uh, nine, well, both of these are from the 1980s. And I also like the fact that through the Storm is a duet with mm. Elton John and Aretha Franklin. Um, and it's so nice to hear the two voices complementing each other so nicely. Mm. And, and some elements that you wanted to touch on, the similarities between uh, Aretha and Elton John. Well, I mean, the fact, well, number one, Aretha came, I mean, people would have never expected 
a black female artist to have achieved the level of success that Aretha did in the 1960s. That's when she started her career. And she became the biggest all-time Grammy winner in history. She was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She really, like from very adverse um, background, became one of the biggest recording artists of all time. And Elton John came from a very broken home, mm. um, in a very uh, living in like council flats in the, in the in the United Kingdom, to become one of the top greatest musicians of all time, the biggest selling artist of the 1970s, and he holds a record for having for being the only artist in history to have at least one top 40 hit every year for 30 consecutive years <laughs> in the United in the United States. Oh, no, ma'am, that's, that's definitely some feat. We're obviously going to start talking a little bit about his own background and how it just opposed that to, to, to Aretha's, where he also was brought up by grandparents as opposed to his parents as well and the difficulties thereof. Yeah, his parents were very absent. Um, and um, his, his grandmother was his biggest support, and she actually paid for him to go and have piano lessons when he was a little kid. Um, so he was a bit of a child prodigy, a prodigy, and um, started off initially as a songwriter, a staff songwriter with his songwriting partner Bernie Torpen, and then decided that he wa- didn't want to be in the background anymore and wanted to launch a solo career, and um, released the first album. It was relatively successful in the United States, but didn't really do anything in the U. Okay, and then with the second album, everything changed. And after that, he had six consecutive number one albums in the United in the United Kingdom. Sorry, in the United States, always seemed to be bigger in the U.S. than in um, the U.K., his home country. And I think the reason for that is because he was a big fan of soul music and and blues. So he would have been someone, although he's only six years. Um, younger than Aretha Franklin, uh, he would have looked up to her because she would have been a big star when he was coming up. And um, and so uh, his sound is very soulful and uh, it makes it understandable that a lot of like our hip-hop artists, R&B artists are big fans of, of um, Elton John. And the first Elton John song that, that I've selected is this, um, it's like a duet a posthumous duet between Tupac Shakur and Elton John. It was from Tupac's um, fifth posthumous album called Loyal to the Game, mm. produced by Eminem. <laughs> um, and it features uh, a sample of an Elton John song called Indian Sunset. Let's pause the it song- there, uh, Sheldon, just so that we yeah. can take the headlines and then we'll continue on this vein when we come back. It's 2.30. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We're back with uh, Dr. Sheldon Rochalil, and uh, he is a music enthusiast and academic and uh, somebody that really goes into the history of music. And uh, we were just having a conversation before I cut him there um, just for the headlines where you were telling me about an album that was produced by Eminem. Yeah, so this um, song that we're going to play now is featured on the Tupac Shakur album, which was his fifth posthumous album released in 2005 and it was produced by Eminem and the song is called Ghetto Gospel and it features a sample of a um, Elton John song called Indian Sunset. Now the interesting thing is that the Tupac song is uh, about 
civil rights leaders. And the Elton John song, which was written in 1971, is about the disenfranchised, indigenous people of the United States. So there's a nice synergy between the two songs. So it's actually a very intellectual song about uh, disenfranchised people. Hit him with a little ghetto gospel. Those who wish to follow me. My ghetto gospel. I welcome with my hand. Are You Ready For Love, the remix uh, with Elton John. And before that, we played you Get A Gospel, Tupac featuring Elton John. Now, if you didn't know Tupac, you would think absolutely not, not Elton John and Tupac. But it works. I mean, he he is also uh, a dance king. Yeah. Uh, What I find fascinating about Elton John's later career is the fact that all these DJs and rappers have all gone to like, into the archives and like unearthed all of these songs and then remix them or like fix them up or like added them to other or sample them or whatever and then brought them back to life i mean that was that are you ready for love was the number one hit for elton john in 2003 after it was used in a sky commercial um and the ghetto gospel was also a number one hit single for elton john so it and he didn't do anything they just took his old vocal and then just spruced it up and then released it again on, on uh, you know, in, in the new millennium. And so, I mean, it obviously, as you said, there was something there about what was the original song that attracted yeah. rappers and so on to, to that sound and, and bringing it back alive. Yes, because there's obviously something very distinctive about the hooks mm, mm. of the Elton John songs, and that's what's attracting all of these new guys to be experimenting with Elton John's old songs. I mean, a, a band in Australia called Penal mm-hmm. had a number one album in the UK with all old Elton John songs that they remixed. The, the album wow. went to number one. So, I mean, there's something very distinctive about Elton John's music, and that's why it's still prevalent to this day. Hmm. Yes, of course, and also making him lots of money, as we know. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that's why he's worth millions yep, of pounds. That's exactly it. Okay, we're going to sign out with I'm Still Standing by Elton John. Your, your final comments on that? Well, I just thought this was a nice inspirational song, um, and we all need some inspiration right now in this cool, crazy world that we're in. Um, and I, I just love it. it. It's reminiscent for me of like songs like It's Raining Men and I Will Survive. It's got that cool, up-tempo vibe. And I just thought it's a nice way to go into the weekend with this track. Hi. 
This is Marare. I'm very excited to be sending you this voice note. Uh, it is regarding uh, the music session and a breakdown that you're having with your guest. Uh, so I would like to just uh, pay tribute to Aretha Franklin. Um, I have her on my podcast that I actually do uh, on YouTube. It's called Ke Mahari. Uh, so here it goes. Uh, especially when you play Jimmy Lee, it really, really touched me. So I go, that's Jimmy Lee by Aretha Louis Franklin, singer, songwriter, actress, pianist, a civil rights activist, and of course, a legend. Born March 1942, passed away August 2018. May she rest in power. Thank you very much. Great show. Bye-bye. So, Sheldon, that's how we ended. A really wonderful way to end it. I'm still standing with Elton John and, of course, that voice note as well coming through. Yeah, that was such an inspirational voice note because that Jimmy Lee song gives me goosebumps from head to toe. Mm. I love that song and I find it such an inspiration. And these two artists have done so much for so many people, opened so many doors. So, I, I mean, it's only right that we give, we pay them tribute. Thank you so much, uh, Sheldon. Uh, Dr. Sheldon Rosha Leal is a PhD music academic. He's a director of culture at South Downs College in Irene in Pretoria.